South Carolina faces an environmental challenge of the utmost urgency. Frequent flooding from rains, storms, hurricanes, and tides threatens our people, our property, and our way of life. To identify a comprehensive solution and better facilitate a coordinated and collaborative mitigation effort, the governor of South Carolina, Henry McMaster, has by executive order established the South Carolina Floodwater Commission. The commission is working to provide solution-based discussions and to identify and implement short-term and long-term recommendations to alleviate and mitigate flood impacts to this state with an emphasis on the coastal and river-based communities. Today we are going to be speaking with the chairman of the South Carolina Flood Water Commission, Tom Mulliken. Tom, what specifically is the South Carolina Flood Water Commission? Why and when was it established? Uh, Governor McMaster and I had worked together for many years and as it relates to this, uh, during Hurricane Joaquin in 2015, I was commander of South Carolina State Guard he was then lieutenant governor and we had a chance to tour some of these areas and we both knew that we needed to move away from simply a 911 service where we're responding to the emergencies to beginning to prepare our state in advance to try to uh, reduce the impact of the of the very obvious manifestations of a rapidly amplified global climate here in south carolina we we see it joaquin was proof positive we see uh, storms coming off the gulf and we had uh, extreme weather there. We had coastal erosion um, that continues during rainstorms now with, with nuisance flooding when it rains hard. And um, then we also have flooding that begins in the uh, mountains. And during Joaquin, we saw the breaching of the dams coming down and the cascading water, which came all the way here to Columbia. And we were barely able to avoid here in Columbia, in the Midlands, uh, Rita Contrita type situation through a lot of good work of uh, Major General Bob Livingston, our Adjutant General at that time, and really assembling all the forces of the Emergency Management Division. Flooding is such a critical issue for the state. What strategies has the South Carolina Floodwater Commission put in place to get the job done? It's a very important issue. Uh, it's uh, critically important, particularly given our um, relationship as a, as a coastal state. Uh, we have some very complex issues and it's, it's difficult because we need a holistic response. Uh, people sometimes look at one of the things we're doing as a commission like to pull that out, oh, they need to be thinking bigger, but the truth is we have an assortment of resiliency strategies that have come together in a comprehensive report. When we established the Floodwater Commission, we created 10 task forces and those task forces met they received comments from across the state, and we created a, a little over 400-page report. And now we're in the process of beginning to implement. One of our top 10 recommendations was creation of a resiliency office, which we did during this last session. And I commend Governor McMaster and the South Carolina legislature for stepping off with that new office, which is going to be a big help. We talked about the need to create a, a, a reef system which will be sort of the first stage of beginning to deal with uh, storm surge. And we have begun now working, creating artificial reefs. We're working on creating a living shoreline, beginning to rebuild through replanting of uh, native vegetation along our shorelines. And 
one strategy after another. One of our strategies was to begin to get back to having that natural flow from the mountains to the sea, which is, requires cleaning rivers and ditches and culverts. And we started with our first cleanup in Marion County and we cleaned about two and a half miles of ditches. We went to Horry County and we're gonna to continue to do this. And I think that what's often misunderstood is people see that one thing we're doing and think, wow, that's great, but what are you doing about the big picture? The truth is the big picture is an assembly, uh, assimilation of a lot of little uh, putting bricks in the wall. And we're going to do that. We're committed to the long haul, creating a holistic strategy through all of our 10 task forces. And as the governor wants, he wants broad participation. He often talks about uh, three words that will make the difference in this instance between success and failure, collaboration, coordination, and communication. And so we went out and that's when we uh, created the South Carolina 7. This past summer, we hiked from Oconee County uh, to Charleston. We hiked about 350 miles in July. Uh, we also rafted the Chattooga. We kayaked down the Edisto and we ended up with a, a dive in the, um, in the Cooper River where we were able to reclaim some megalodon teeth. We ended up with our finish line reception at the, uh, the great South Carolina Aquarium. What were some of the lessons learned from this past summer's South Carolina 7? 2020 was our first South Carolina 7, and we were frankly overwhelmed by the level of support and virtual participation. We had to limit, because of COVID, those that could join us. We put a video up every night, and one video got as many as 23,000 views on one day. So anywhere from 5,000 to 23,000 views a night. And what we were shocked to find is how much people were waiting to learn more about the outdoors and also what they could do to protect the outdoors. You know, we live in the Bible Belt and often we avoid talking about the Bible with these issues, but the truth is in the book of Genesis and from Genesis all the way through Revelations, the Bible talks about the protection of, of nature, of the Lord's garden. Beginning in chapter two and verse 15, where it talks about the Lord put man in the garden to work and protect the garden. And it seems like people have chosen one side or the other, that coin, either to work it, to, to extract, or to protect it. And that really sort of defines the political continuum. What we're trying to do is put those together because in this state, when we talk about conservation, that's an issue that virtually everybody can rally around. And that's what we found. Thousands of people eager to get out, get out into the state parks, get out and help us clean up, get out and help us protect this environment and prepare for this new great challenge of this amplified global climate that now is, is dropping extreme weather on us, both off the Atlantic and through dropping water into the North Carolina watershed through, through storms coming up from the Gulf. So we're really pleased with the level of participation. Is there to be an SC7 2021? As, as long as I'm able to walk, I can assure you there'll be a South Carolina 7. South Carolina 7 2021 is already in the works. It'll be virtually the same trail. Again, the Palmetto Trail is really the spine of it. We're adding pieces of the Liberty Trail and so that we can add historical pieces to it. We do have a documentary that's coming out in January. Uh, we have a German filmmaker and we'll be producing, he'll finish the documentary which will talk about this 
this uh, hike. It, it did get hot in parts here in the Midlands. I think the, the heat index was 107 for about a week of our of our hike. So it was it was a, an incredible experience for so many people that got to enjoy it. What are you most proud of in terms of accomplishments of the South Carolina Flood Water Commission? I think the, the single biggest accomplishment is keeping everybody together under a tent. We had over 80 members of the Flood Water Commission. And in the past, with climate and with environmental matters, typically that continuum breaks down and people run to their corners and they end up fighting and talking ugly about each other. We've really avoided that kind of vitriol. We want people to participate. We want to hear people's opinions. We want to know that what their ideas are. The governor's insisted on a big tent approach, and that's certainly been his direction what we've tried to do. And for the most part, I think we've been able to do it. We need to continue to work together. This is, a, this is really a generational challenge. And what we do today will be our legacy tomorrow. These are difficult issues that we're dealing with. The science is different, the natural science is different, and the, the uh, soft science of people's philosophy, sociology, what we've become accustomed to. And we're not going to recommend things that people to do that people can't afford to do. We're taking those steps. And there'll be people who, who kind of smirk at us when we're cleaning rivers. What is that really going to do? A lot. It's a lot. A lot of the flooding that we have in our creeks and, and culverts is because we haven't cleaned these things. So that, and those become healthcare problems because a lot of what's in the creeks and canals today is what's washed out of people's carports and garages. So this is really where environment meets healthcare. And so we really get into the epidemiology of this issue by seeing what's out in our creeks that's leaching down into our aquifers. Is the greatest risk to South Carolina the impact that the next 50 years will have on our coastal communities? We, ha we do have a statewide issue because of storms that come up through the Gulf and drop water into North Carolina watershed, which impacts all areas of our state. But to be clear, we have a, a, a very immediate challenge along our coast, and it's felt. Like, you don't have to go into communities where people, where roads are closed during what we would call a nuisance flooding, a, a sunny day, hard rain, and that's happening up and down our coast now. We, we've moved away from this thing, whereas decades ago, we talked about sea level rise more as an academic issue. We're not modeling anymore, we're measuring. And it doesn't take much in terms of sea level rise to really impact uh, vulnerable sections along our coast. And if we continue to rise at about four millimeters a year, over the next 50 years, we're gonna see dramatic change. If we stay at the course now and we end up as much as six and a half feet of sea level rise in the next 50 years, and I'm not suggesting that that's what it is, but that's the pace that, we, that we're on presently, we're gonna see a lot of our coastline underwater. And so we need to be doing those things that protect ourselves against that. That's why we have nuisance flooding. There's nowhere for the water to go, right? Sea level rises, and sea level rise, it creates infrastructure issue like on roads, but it also, it deals with an issue of saltwater intrusion. And people haven't really thought about two issues that are health related. One is saltwater intrusion. Oceans and water account for about 70% of Earth's uh, surface, but only 2.7% of all of that water is freshwater. And only 1% of that is freshwater that we, can, that we can use because the other 
1.7% is caught in Antarctica and Greenland in these glaciers. So 1% of all the world's water is fresh water that can be consumed. As we have saltwater intrusion into our freshwater, it becomes a real difficult issue. And it also creates pools of standing water, which become mosquito breeding areas and others that are creating airborne pathogens. Now, people on the street today don't need to be don't need to be reminded about airborne pathogens as we're dealing with COVID-19, but that's these are issues that we're going to also see percolate to the top. So yes, very much in, in Charleston, along the coast, we're seeing uh, sea level issues, we're seeing coastal erosion issues, we're seeing nuisance flooding issues, and they're all front and center. When a person has water in their first floor of their house, they don't need to be convinced that we need to do something. And so that's what we're seeing. Tom, you've climbed mountain ranges across every continent on Earth. You've scuba dived in all the world's great oceans, including ice dives in the Arctic and Antarctic oceans. What's next on the adventure spectrum in 2021? 2021 is going to be a great year. You know, the first thing is we, we got, uh, we want to get as many people out as we can back out in the parks and on our trails, the Palmetto Trails, huge opportunity. But South Carolina 7, world-class route, come out and join us. We'll be back out there July 1 through July 31. I'll get back on the mountain. You know, I, I will climb again in 2021. The highest place on earth is not Everest. Everest is the highest from sea level. We'll climb Aconcagua again down in Ecuador and plant our South Carolina flag on top of the highest place. We're building, helping build a lodge at about 18,000 feet there. So I intend to continue climbing as, as long as I can. As long as my feet and legs will allow me, I'll continue to get out there and I, I hope that others will follow me. We'll continue to dive. We're gonna build an artificial reef. I know people keep saying, they told me all my life we can't do these things. That, I don't even hear that, that's a white noise. We're gonna build a reef system off of South Carolina. We're gonna dive, we're a part of now of an exciting new opportunity called Force Blue where I'm diving with an organization of largely Navy SEALs that we have a partnership with the NFL, building 100 yards of reef off of Miami that will be announced at the Super Bowl this year. We're gonna to continue to clean creeks and rivers and culverts and, and prepare our great state for the next generation. And we're working with Governor McMaster on his big vision for doing things that have never been done here or anywhere else. This idea of global climate really has two sets of issues that are very complex. At a macro level, we talk about greenhouse gases. We know what our footprint is here in South Carolina. It's 69 million metric tons. As we take coal plants off of our grid, we're gonna see a dramatic reduction in that. We will lead the world in reduction of greenhouse gases while enhancing our economy. Nobody even talks in those terms, and we're gonna do it here. On a micro level, we're gonna to continue to deploy the most advanced strategies, both man-made and natural resiliency strategies. So I look forward to 2021 with a great deal of optimism. We're gonna have a fun time. I don't view fun and work as mutually exclusive. I'd encourage people, if you wanna learn how to dive, call us. We want to put more people in water, protecting our waterways and, and our beautiful ocean and beaches. If you wanna learn how to climb, call us. We do hikes every week. Uh, the first six months with our Adventurers Club through our nonprofit, and we, and we hike up uh, Mount Mitchell, the highest peak on the East Coast. So we live in the most beautiful place on earth. People say, well, how can you say it? Because I've been everywhere else. I've been in the Himalayas. I've been in the Andes. 
I've been in the Caucasus mountain range. I've been in these places. And if any God has taught me anything, it's, it's taught me the beauty of nature. Calvin said that uh, nature is but a, a mirror image of his divinity. When we walk outside, we see the beauty. And in South Carolina, we happen to live in the most beautiful, diverse place on earth, from the Jocassee Gorge to the Ace Basin and all those places in between. You don't have to fly anywhere to see some of the most beautiful. The oldest mountain ranges in the world is right here in our Carolinas. The Ace Basin is the model for preservation. These places are unbelievable. They've been listed as that by National Geographic, whose voice is very well respected. So I hope that um, others will join us in 2021. We have so much to be proud of. We've been blessed in, in ways that none of us could have ever imagined here in this great state. We're going to enjoy every moment of it.